I mean, you can employ someone that can try to do those three roles, but they're going to do none of them well. Right. Or you can employ three people and that's their role, right? right. And they can yeah. do it exceptionally well. And of course, let's let's kind of think about this. As soon as they hear the additional X amount in the software, they're going to be like, uh, I'm going to get that for half because I don't need all of that. The Technology Plus Business Podcast. Brought to you by Central Technology Solutions. In our industry, it's kind of like it's not if you'll get hacked, it's when you're going to be in the ballpark of a tool stack cost around 60 to 100 grand a year. So that's going to be your cost. But what do you get for that cost? And that's from like somebody clicking on a phishing email. And it's been a lot of the phishing emails. I'll be completely transparent. I got one this morning on my personal <laughs> email. Did and they it was, get you? No. It, well, it, they got her. She's lying. So today is a really interesting topic. And I feel as though we get hit with this question a lot, especially if people are kind of coming to us and they're interested in moving forward with outsourcing their IT. But the biggest question we receive is, first off, why you guys? And second, would it be cheaper to go with you guys, AKA outsourcing your IT or hiring someone internally? So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. So first off, AJ, what is your take, just initial take, when you get hit with that question, what do you typically feel? or think of rather. So, you know, operating a business, I understand it all comes down to financials. Um, so I think asking the question is fair. However, I will always end up at the same answer of it's cheaper to outsource. Also get asked the question, as you stated, why us? And, you know, I've watched a lot of videos, a lot of podcasts, a lot of different things. And, you know, I've come to the conclusion that I think I need to understand the customers needs before I can tell you, yeah, sure, we're, we're the right fit, right? So at the end of the day, why us? I think the short answer is you can probably go throw a rock and hit multiple different IT vendors, right? That do similarity of what we do. However, I feel like our people are what makes things different. So I would say service is what the differentiator is for us. Um, all our techs are highly trained, highly skilled. We try to send them out to at least one training a year. Um, if you source uh, an in-house IT person, when are you going to send them to a week-long event in Vegas or Florida? When are they going to find out about that? Especially if they're putting off the daily fires. They're not sitting down learning about the latest vulnerabilities, to yeah. be honest. And and that's tough on them. And yeah. they, they know that. They feel that pressure. And there's only so much that they can do within their budget so much has changed, right? So there's things happening in the world, uh, inflation being one, right? So that's a big thing. Um, you've got all the hype right now on the IT industry because you've had the pipeline, you've had the Russia hacks. I mean, there's so many, I, the list goes on and on. I feel like you turn on the news and there's a new event that's taking place and it's like, okay. But what that's done is put a lot of emphasis on the IT industry. The question then becomes, to your point, okay, now I have more people I can employ from a business standpoint, but I would say nine times out of 10, when I have a conversation with an existing in-house IT employee today, nine times out of 10, they're like, I can't get through my daily task to even begin to think about focusing on what new threats are out there and how can I combat those threats? So that's where we come in because we employ multiple of those people, right? We have people that are, their sole purpose is to literally go out into the industry and find out, you know, what are the new attacks? How do we combat them? And then what's the new services out there? Those are the ones we offer today the best for our customers. Maybe we need to 
pull back or maybe we need to add to our tool stack. In all the years of being in the IT industry, I've never had one in-house IT person ever talk to me about that. Yeah. So obviously I think, you know, we're going to be a better fit. But again, financially, I get it. You're talking to CEOs, CFOs, you're talking to vice presidents, directors. They have a budget. I have a personal budget. I'm sure you do too, right? And it has to fit into that budget. But I think the the questions they get missed is when they look at what we charge and then when they look at what they would employ employee, it's it's not apples to apples, right? But you have help desk, right? So that's like, let's say that's 44K. Then there's like a technical account manager, which is like a more seasoned IT guy who's going to know more and who's going to be able to handle more of those heavy hitting projects. That's going to run you about 52K. And again, that's on the low end. So then the big one is a CIO, which is a chief informational officer. They're going to be closer to your six figure salaries. A lot of people don't know what their role is, and it's developed probably here recently more so. But the idea is these are very smart intellectual people that could probably get behind a keyboard and do some damage. But where they strive is in a boardroom with your C-suite people being able to strategize and come up with plans to get the business move forward from a technology standpoint. So again, smart, but can talk business. And and they're kind of the, I would almost use the term integrator, Mm -hmm. because again, your help desk and your technical account manager, they're really good. They're behind a keyboard. They know how to make everything work. But when you put them in front of someone like a C-suite, you know, not nine times out of 10, they're talking tech. And your, your CEO is like, what? So that's where the CIO comes into play. And I think that's a key role that a lot of people neglect right. and, and miss. So that's just uh, some of what we offer in our tool stack. Those are the top three positions that people look for, but they don't really know what they're looking for. They're, they kind of want all of that into one person. And I think, especially if you're on LinkedIn, you should understand that you cannot expect one person to do all the things. I think there's more clarity there nowadays. Yeah. You know, I always say you can't do off. I mean, you can employ someone that could try to do those three roles, but they're going to do none of them well. Right. Or you can employ three people and that's their role. Right. right. And they can yeah. do it exceptionally well. So, you know, I think, it again, to your point, it would be a lot of businesses believe, well, I'll employ one person and have them do all the things. But it's not really fair to the business or that person because mm-hmm. – you probably have the still the same expectation of, well, I employ you. So by me employing you, I can rest easy at night knowing that I'm safe. And it's like, okay, but you employed this person to do all the things. Yeah. He has to replace batteries in a mouse, fix a jammed printer, but also be worried about like net new cyber attacks that he, <laughs> when, when does he have time to do that in between the battery change outs? Like it's not realistic. No. So, but again, it's all about coaching and teaching businesses like, Hey, the do's, the don'ts. And that's what we're here for. Um, you know, I think I hate that things are happening in the world that, that's happening, but I think the IT industry for the longest time was a, I always say it's a line item on an expense sheet somewhere that no one wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now it's been put under the microscope, highlighted, bolded, and it's it's the center of conversations now in boardrooms because the threat has always been real, but it's been highlighted right. at this point that or even it's been like a hush hush topic because businesses are embarrassed they don't have something set up so that's why we're here 
to teach you what you should have set up and really give you some insight into the three positions, the value behind those. We're not neglecting those positions individually. If anything, we love to work with IT managers of a company. It, it, it makes everyone look and operate so much better. I want to go ahead and just dive into that a little bit more. Um, technical account manager, you know, that's like your help desk crew. That's the ones who you call saying, hey, the projector isn't turning on. They typically come to your office or whatever else or come to your your uh, conference cubicle. room. Cubicle, yeah. And they just plug in the HDMI cord, right? Those are the ones who are, are kind of putting out the, the fires. Um, same thing applies if it's your um, regular IT person of a company. Um, then your technical account manager, that's more specific. I think those are really interesting. And I feel as though they're not talked about enough. Yeah, so I think for the technical account manager, the, the only way that I think can be digested and made sense to the general population is their help desk is reactive, right? So those I can't print. You reach out to those guys, those guys tunnel in, they fix the issue. You wouldn't do that with the technical account manager. They could do that. They could fix your problem. However, when you're like, hey, I need to migrate my Active Directory server from an on-premise solution to a hosted Azure solution, that's your technical account manager, right? So these guys are typically going to be bachelor's, master's degrees in um, computer networking. They're going to be probably certed out head to toe um, with Cisco certs or just networking certs in general. So those are going to be what I would define as like your... You're all stars, you're MVPs, right? Yeah. So those are the guys who are gonna come in, knock it out the park, and then go home. And you already reviewed the CIO role. Yeah, you know, again, that's just kind of taking those two people and then being able to give a report to a person that can get in front of a boardroom and, and kind of right. download people on what's happening and why they need to spend the money and why the strategic roadmap is important for the business and give examples. So yeah, all three of those are, are I would define as being detrimental to the IT department if yeah. you're going to look at it as a company, right? But then you take all of the salaries that I mentioned earlier, and that's going to come out to be ballparkish. And this is again in the low end. Mm -hmm. You're looking at 180 grand ballpark. Now that's three people though, right? Which is not terrible. I think what a lot of people forget, and again, your CFOs and your VPs, CEOs, when you employ someone, there's things you have to take into consideration, right? So there's going to be, these people are going to take vacation. So you're, they're not going to be here. And you, there's an expense to that. There's going to be raises with inflation right now, as high as it is. I don't know any business that isn't suffering from either trying to keep up with the inflation from salary, in, increasing salaries and, and things of that nature. But by design, a 3% raise every year is on average what you see. So I feel like that that's something to take into consideration, right? You got healthcare, you've got 401k matches, whatever those fringe benefits are. But then this is the most important piece that I feel like the businesses, when they're looking at this, miss. You can employ a person for what I just said, call it 180 grand across the three. You're not getting software. Yeah. That's huge, right? Because I'm, I will be the first to tell you of all the guys we employ, super smart, it's not just them and them alone that's ensuring that we're doing what we need to do and protecting because they sleep, they go on vacation. Exactly. The software is always on, 365, right? And it's always going out and making sure that, you know, active threats aren't on your network or trying to get in and, and taking necessary action. So 
when I present a proposal to a business and I'm saying, okay, for 180 grand, we can, we can be your IT department. And they say for 180 grand, I can hire these three guys. But then they miss the tool stack, right. right? So it's like, okay, cool, yeah, sure, not disagreeing with you, right? But then there's probably anywhere from sixty to a hundred thousand dollars in software costs through the course of a year, depending on the size of your company. And of course, let's let's kind of think about this. As soon as they hear the additional X amount in the software, they're gonna be like, uh, I'm gonna get that for half because I don't need all of that. That is not fair. That's what happens when uh, you also end up seeing businesses on local television saying so-and-so got, got breached today. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. that's another topic. Yeah. It's always funny. Cause you know, I feel like it's in our industry, it's kind of like, it's not, if you'll get hacked, it's when. So I think a lot of businesses think in the same manner where it's like, okay, I can buy this piece of software. That's probably the software I really need. And it's $10 a license, or I can buy this other one that helps me sleep at night and it's still a definition of a protection Mm -hmm. and it's two bucks right so i mean it's cool right so pick the two dollar thing but (laughs) the next morning you wake up come to find out it didn't protect you now you've been ransomware and guess what your cybersecurity insurance policy doesn't pay out you can't make payroll now your business ceases to exist because you chose to take cheaper route so and then having more clarity backing that i feel as though is important when it comes to the it industry and i think the it industry is doing better at explaining the services if a if (laughs) i'm emphasizing this if a consumer can even purchase it a lot of times let's say uh if you're not an msp you can't access it tool stacks Because honestly, those vendors don't want to deal with people who don't understand IT. Yeah. Well, I mean, things have gotten a lot more sophisticated, too. Yeah. So like your general population, they're not going to understand some of the terminology used and things of that nature. But yeah, I actually had a call. I had someone reach out to me and they're like, yeah, so we're trying to buy the software. I still understand why I can't buy it direct. And I'm like, I do, you know, because I mean, you do good at what you're employed to do. So like why there's no expectation for you to know the terminology or how to set it up properly. I mean, we've even went into networks before that had the software that they needed, but come to find out it wasn't set up properly. So it wasn't actually doing its job, right? Software paying for the premium stuff, but it was never configured correctly. So it was just basically a big paperweight. So there's the other side of that, right? Even if you make the right decision, make sure you have the right person in the seat to configure it. Cause that's just as important. And going back to the person aspect of really the IT department, you know, we were saying how if you bring on that warm body or even those three warm bodies of $180,000 for the year, they have to sleep. We said yeah. this, they, they do vacation and it's, it's not fair for a company to expect that person to, or those people to be up at 3 a.m. and then expected to come back in at 8 a.m to the office. So there's, I think that's something that a lot of people need to take into consideration. Yes, you need to have um, an IT manager on board and let them sleep. And then also let the programs that are set up properly uh, to run the way they need to be running. Yeah. And then from a, I think it's a cleaner operation too, when you outsource, because you think if you're a CEO or a director or or whoever, you, you manage people. Well, right now, let's use today's world as an example. Inflation's like at eight 
8.6%, mm-hmm. right? So literally that means you need to make 8.6% more than you make right now to be exactly where you were before inflation happened. Right. So if you outsource an IT company, you don't have to have all these conversations about people coming into your office saying, hey, I want to raise or whatever that situation may be. Literally, you pay monthly to that IT vendor and whoever that IT vendor is gets to deal with that situation, right? Whether it's cross training or pay raises or vacations or whatever. So I think from that standpoint, it becomes cleaner from a business. And it also gives you someone to lean on, right? So this, I don't, I think there's even a certain level of skirting liability when you outsource because the liability is on the outsourced party, not you per se. Right. Now, I would encourage everyone to always read contracts and agreements. Yes. And <laughs> if you don't feel educated enough, get some legal counsel involved because that's going to be detrimental. But I just believe it would be cleaner overall right. to outsource as well. Let's kind of like do how much of a tool stack for a year? I think on average, you know, let's say you're anywhere between 30 and 50 endpoints. People always ask me, what's an endpoint? So an endpoint is going to be a laptop, a desktop, a server, whether hosted or on-prem. So if you're going to fall in, into that, you're going to be in the ballpark of a tool stack cost around 60 to 100 grand a year. Okay. Right? So that's going to be your cost, but what do you get for that cost? So just simply a Microsoft license, right? So typically that's in the tool stack, and that could be a Word, PowerPoint, Excel, email they're going to range anywhere from 12 to 20 bucks a license so you think there's one person you need one license that's typically the the ratio um you have things like uh antivirus which is huge right that's changed viruses have gotten a lot smarter and so now a lot of them are ai driven right so it's like an ai is artificial intelligence so the idea is 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 sherry even though she does, she shouldn't, but she tends to work late hours, right? But not ever two in the morning. All of a sudden, we see her account flag at two in the morning. She's logging in. Well, that's abnormal, right? So the AI antivirus is going to flag that, take action, whether it's disconnect the account or the PC or whatever. So that's something that would be embedded into that. You hear the terms internal external scans, right? So that's huge. That's you're getting into the insurance realm now because a lot of times if you have cybersecurity insurance, always they're going to expect a certain level of scan results, uh, and those prices can range based off are you needing to be PCI compliant or HIPAA compliant or what are your requirements. But I mean that can cost a very large range from you know I've seen it as you know 10k for a scan up to 100k again it just depends on what are you trying to get and that can range so as far as the tool stack goes that's going to be a little different um i think the biggest one and i always laugh when i'm in meetings with with potential clients and uh people training people and what does that look like so their software right so you can go out here and send fake emails to people and hope they click on them and then you click on it and then it flags and says gotcha kind of thing take this training you take the training it gives you a certification to say that you've you know been spoofed basically or or fished depending on what the situation is and you've kind of learned from your mistake that's the idea right half the time people don't do it right they just ignore taking the, the training but there's other forms of that i know some of the stuff that we do here at cts is we will send our guys on site Put them in a put them in a conference room with a bunch of staff and basically train them on the do's and don'ts. I mean, we'll take it to that extent. Um, But I always tell people, like, let's say I do everything right, everything right. So in in essence, the metaphor is always I build this 
bank door that is like impenetrable and then your staff forgets to shut it. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I mean, sure, you paid me all the money that you needed to pay me and I gave you the help desk guy, technical account manager, the CIO, all my tool stack, but your staff decided to not take that training, which then in return, they didn't learn from their mistake, which then in return cost you and your business six figures because they clicked on the wrong email yeah. or whatever happened. So it's it's probably the most important piece is your staff in this whole process. And I think statistically, I know you and I have like seen a million different things, but I want to say it's in like the 90th percentile, like 90s and higher, that uh, usually breaches happen from human error. Yes. Oh so. my gosh, yes. I think it's, it's uh, oh gosh, I feel like we've seen this multiple times, definitely over 90% yeah, from human like error. Yeah, seven or something like yeah. that. So it's really, it's really crazy. And that's from like somebody clicking on a phishing email. And yeah. it's been a lot of the phishing emails. I'll be completely transparent. I got one this morning on my personal <laughs> email. Did and they it was, get you? No. It, mm. well, it, they got her. She's lying. No, no, they didn't. Listen, this is what it was. It was Norton, like oh. antivirus or whatever, uh, saying we just received your payment and like had like it was like a receipt almost but didn't have any links and it wanted me to call a number but it was just so sketchy none of the logos were there and i was like this is weird what if it would have been lululemon okay look if it were lululemon i would do anything she for would lululemon the email. she would absolutely click that email no question i mean if the branding was right <laughs> i i'm a support for lululemon anyways i think you know, it, it goes back to we still have those Susans in the office that are going to fall for anything. And also, we have to make sure that the IT managers in an office are are rewarded. And a lot of times education fulfills their their desire to want to do more for the for the company. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like what is is the dollar sign always um, worth the motivation for the employee. A lot of times it's it's vacation. A lot of times it's just education. Um, and that's really interesting as well. And we can go into that on another day. But keeping the aspect of education for your staff and your IT manager is crucial. Now, mm-hmm. that means that's something else to add to the CEO's plate, that they have to pull somebody in and make sure that they're taking educational trips or whatever. We've listed everything for hiring. Now for outsourcing, what is that? What is on a CEO's plate if they outsource their IT? Writing that check every month. Well, yeah, but it's not $250,000 plus. Yeah. It's what, sixty dollars to $100,000? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, for, for example, for our package as it stands today and, and to be very transparent as compliancy and the world evolves, our tool, tool stack, does as well, which can incur additional costs or maybe go less. But um, yes, I mean, like you think about it, it would cost you again for us. You say, hey, I have, let's say I have 50 endpoints, right? So we have to manage 50 PCs and I can basically do that in the ballpark of a hundred grand. That gives you the three people we talked about, which technically isn't three because we have multiple people on our help desk. We have multiple technical account managers. Um, and they're all cross-trained. So it's not like one takes a vacation and then you're just out of luck for that week. Like the other one picks up where you left off. So you get that redundancy. And uh, so, yeah, so you're looking at a fraction of what it would cost just to employ a person with their brain power before we even get into tool stack. Because you think, 
I would say if you're going to pay someone 180 between those three positions plus a tool stack, let's even use a middle of the road tool stack. Let's say that's going to cost you in the ballpark of like 80 grand, right? So what is that? 250? Is you're your, you're, you're in it. It's like 250, <laughs> $250,000 a year, right? Before we talk about anybody getting a raise, before we talk about, oh, we got to add some to our tool stack and then we can do it for a hundred. Right. And you basically can lean on us as, hey man, you on this? And it's like, yep, we got you. Because mm-hmm. again, this is what we do. Like right. I would never go to a law firm and tell a lawyer how to do their job or an accountant oh how to do their job. I'd be but, petrified to do that. I feel like they'd take me to court for some reason. I feel like they yeah. know a loophole there. <laughs> I, I try not to do that. But you know, one of the things that you pointed about, about like we'll talk, have a conversation about it later, but you know, I know, I think another big thing about recently what's happened and in, in just to highlight is the whole great resignation, right? So COVID happened and then everyone was all like, I don't know, I guess they just, they wanted their work-life balance to be what it needed to be. And so you, you kind of talked about it being unfair for employing one person to do three people's jobs or maybe have an expectation of your IT guy to be on at 3 a.m. but then also back in the office at 8. So, you know, a lot of people took side of that and and made some big dramatic dramatic decisions of i mean i've i talked to a guy who was probably in his mid 40s low 50s and he was like you ever heard of the great resignation i was like yep he's like well i'm out buddy i mean this was this was just someone i knew and i'm like wow you know for someone that's seasoned in in his career to see that so again outsourcing you don't avoid you avoid that right so that's that becomes your outsourced IT vendors problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's not just, oh, let me contact our help desk and you're getting John A and then you contact the help desk again and you're getting John B. It's Nick, it's Ryan, it's Ray. And you know their personalities. Yeah, you know, and I won't say all IT businesses do this, but a lot of people would outsource their help desk functionality. Um, which means you basically pay another company. So you, you as a business owner would pay your IT vendor, but that IT vendor technically outsources that role, right? right? So, and for, for years we were doing that and we were finding that there was just that disconnection, right? So these people were, they were stateside, they were in like PA and uh, it was like, you would just, you'd call that 800 number and then whoever picked up, it was never the same person. You never got to know that person. And then even then the translation of, okay, when it got escalated to our guys here in this building, there was always a gap, right? right? There's some information missing. So we decided a couple of years back to uh, in-house our help desk. So we basically employ people that are in this building that if they can't fix it remotely, so when you call and you get the Rays and you get the Scotts and the Ryans, if they can't fix it, you're going to see Ryan show up in your office exactly. to fix it. So what happens is you build this relationship with these people and you humanize them. And I think that goes a long way because anyone can fix your computer. Like, why do you why do you buy services in general, whether in your personal life or in your business life? Typically nine times out of 10, maybe the first time you purchase it's its own price. But if you get a bad experience, it all becomes service, right? right? So at that point, it's if you know Ryan, Ryan's your guy, you know, Ryan walks in to fix your issue and you're like, hey, Ryan, how's your wife? How's your kids? Like, whatever that may be, you've built a rapport. And I think it goes a long way because it kind of breaks down barriers, right. honestly. And you overall, just everyone wins. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to get that when you call that 800 number and get whoever that picked you up in the queue. Yeah. It's not, you'll never get that level of service. So that concludes our first episode of 
AJ coming in and talking about the hard hitting questions that we receive as an MSP. Yeah. It was pretty easy, right? Great. I'm taking <laughs> over podcast now. TikTok, done. Podcast, here I come. We'll add marketing to your list. <laughs> no, no, we're going to leave that one to you. You do a better job of that. Well, AJ, thank you so much for coming in and answering uh, these questions and giving some clarification for um, our listeners. Thanks for having me on, Sherry. See you next time. <laughs>